Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Six Pack of Facts, the week that we have expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex, and this week, this episode is brought to you by Big Advertising. That's right, I sold out, I took all the money, and now the show is owned by a bunch of suits at Wall Street or Madison Avenue or wherever they do their advertising stuff. Just kidding. But the two topics are associated with advertising very, very closely. It is logos and jingles. Seemingly endless streams of advertisements on the internet might be a relatively new phenomenon, but logos definitely aren't. Case in point, the Stella Artois logo. The logo for this classic brew, a golden horn, basically hasn't changed since it was first used in 1366, 655 years ago. As another Stella Artois fun fact, the golden horn in the logo comes from the beer's original name, Den Hoorn, or the horn in Dutch. Now, the Stella Artois logo is the oldest logo, which is impressive in its own right, but what's even more impressive is just how much older than the next oldest logo it is. Twining's Tea first used its logo in 1887, more than 500 years after Stella. The Nike swoosh is easily one of the most recognizable logos, but its origins are considerably humbler. In 1969, Phil Knight, co-founder of Nike, was an assistant professor at Portland State University. While in search of a logo for his yet-to-be-launched shoe brand, Knight hired Carolyn Davidson, a graphic design student at PSU, to develop some sort of stripe that could go on the side of the shoe. After a bit of work, Davidson delivered the logo to Knight and turned in her invoice for $35. To state the obvious, Nike is worth slightly more than 35 bucks today. Initially, Davidson didn't receive additional compensation for her contribution to the brand. She continued to do freelance design work for about 30 more years. But in 1983, Knight invited Davidson to a company reception where he honored her with chocolate swooshes, a gold and diamond swoosh ring, and 500 shares of the company that was estimated to be worth around $1 million in 2015. Davidson isn't sure exactly how long she worked on the initial swoosh, but she billed for 17 and a half hours. Not a bad time investment. MGM's Roaring Line is about as iconic as it gets in the world of film, but the credit for the ferocious growl doesn't just go to one big cat. Slats the Lion was used during the silent film era, Jackie the Lion is featured in the studio's first talkie in 1928, Telly and Coffee were used during the Technicolor era, Tanner during the Golden Age, getting the enviable spot in front of movies like Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz, George the Lion was used from 1956 to 1958, and the appropriately named Leo the Lion is the star of the sequence that's used today. From the eyes to the ears, we're going from logos to jingles.
tormented by jingles, you have one state to think. Minnesota. On Christmas Eve, 1926, a group called the Wheaties Quartet sang a jingle on WCCO radio that went a little something like this. Have you tried Wheaties? Their whole wheat with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties? For wheat is the best food of man. They're crispy and crunchy the whole year through. The kiddies never tire of them and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties, the best breakfast food in the land. General Mills, maker of Wheaties, was planning on discontinuing the cereal until the company saw a spike in sales in regions where the jingle aired. GM decided to air the jingle nationally, and Wheaties went on to do gangbusters, all thanks to a little jingle that many point to as the first of its kind. Some of the most inescapable jingles of all time weren't written by professional jingle writers who cash a check and then ride off into relative obscurity. They were written by celebrities. Everyone knows the ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it jingle from McDonald's, and most people know that Justin Timberlake sang it. But the origin of the song isn't one of creative integrity. McDonald's commissioned JT and Pharrell to write a full pop song called, you guessed it, I'm Loving It. Then, several months after the single was released and had imprinted onto our brains, McDonald's launched the I'm Loving It campaign. Another celebrity written tune should be familiar to any basketball fan. This timeless jock jam. was written by John Tesh. According to Tesh, he was touring Europe when the main melody popped into his head. This being 1990, he couldn't really sing the tune into his cell phone, so he called home and left a message on his answering machine. When he got back from tour, he plopped down at the piano and worked out the chords to a tempo of 122 beats per minute, which was what he apparently thought the speed of a fast break was. Sounds like a joke is not. The precise reason why certain tunes get stuck in our head isn't known, but researchers have found some interesting nuggets over the years. In 1974, a pair of researchers discovered what they called the phonological loop. This loop is made up of the phonological store, a person's inner ear, psychologically speaking, which remembers sounds in chronological order, and the articulatory rehearsal system, a person's inner voice, which repeats the information for quick retrieval. The researchers found this area of the brain is crucial in early childhood for developing vocabulary and important in adults for learning new languages. And there you have it, the visual madness of logos and the auditory madness of jingles. Everything is just super mad in advertising. It's a crazy world out there, folks. I ain't gonna lie. Thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. The more, the factier, of course. If you've really enjoyed the show and you want to be exceedingly 
generous. Consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Either way, please tune in next week for another episode. And in the meantime, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.